we are moving along in our third part of our series entitled Journey. And so we talked about in week one, we, uh, we talked about understanding the purpose of the journey. As we said in recent week, God is always teaching us something no matter what. Even though our lights are off this morning, let me know that right now God is teaching us something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if nothing else, we walk by faith and not by what? Sight. And so the journey, we determined there that the journey then, it helps us to prepare for the destination. That's what essentially the journey is all about and what God is doing. Because God doesn't oftentimes fast forward us someplace necessarily, but oftentimes God wants to take us through a process to prepare us for ultimately what he wants to do in our lives. It's one of the most fascinating parts about being a believer. In week number two, we talked about the importance of adapting to change. Oftentimes when you're in a journey, you will be confronted with change. And we, we spotlighted the story about Abraham. We remember Abraham, God called him out uh, uh, from his, the place of familiarity and said, Abraham, I want you to leave everything that you're familiar with, your family, your country. I want you to leave and I want you to come and follow me and I'll take you to a place that I'm not going to tell you just yet, but I want you to come. And so we, we understand that, that in order to really follow God and pursue God while we're in the midst of a journey, how many of you know that we have to be ready to move when God says move? <laughs> yeah, we got to be in a place that when God speaks, we got to not only listen, but we have to act. Everybody say act. act. And so today I'm going to talk about the subject of overcoming setbacks. Overcoming setbacks. And it appears in this particular series that I've been telling a whole lot of vacation stories. I think in every one of my messages in this series, I've, I've been referring back to my vacation and so to continue that tradition, I have another vacation story for y'all this morning. Uh, about 10 to 12 years ago, my wife and the family, we was headed to Florida on a vacation. I remember we had prayed in church and uh, we had a guest speaker that week and uh, uh, Miss, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Perkins came and uh, they prayed over us and we was headed off to Florida. Now, uh, we were typically, and this is, I'm not exaggerating, but I would say over a span of about maybe six or seven years, uh, we went to Florida every year. So before we headed out to Florida, it was always customary for me to make sure to get an oil change, to get all the necessary things done on the car that I needed to get done. And it just so happened that I needed to get four brand new tires. So I get these uh, four tires installed and I'm all excited, man. You know, we got, you know, four brand new tires. We got the van all packed, we're ready to go. And we're headed off to Florida. And so we started driving, I want to say sometime about uh, maybe like uh, five or six in the, in the uh, evening. And we would typically do that because our kids were significantly younger because we felt like if we were traveling during the night, then there's less of a chance of our kids to keep waking us up. Uh, we have to stop all the time. So, so we're traveling and uh, everything is going good. So it's about one o'clock and we're now one o'clock in the morning. I want to say now that we're right, uh, right uh, going through Georgia. We're actually in the state of Georgia. So I got tired and at this time, but Peggy had been asleep the whole time. So I said, Peggy, I want you to take over the wheel. Mm -hmm. So my wife, Peggy, she takes over the wheel and, uh, and I'm over in the passenger seat. And, uh, and I was so tired, I literally drift off to sleep. It wasn't like five minutes and I was gone because I've been driving, had a long day. And all of a sudden I was awakened out of my sleep because Peggy was screaming. 
And as she's screaming, the car is tail spinning. The back is just all over the road. And she's just screaming. And then Will, she's doing like this with the wheel. I mean, literally, ah! And I'm like, I'm, the kids are screaming. And so as I'm looking back, one of the one of the four tires literally fell off the came off. And so as and so I'm seeing sparks of fire, right? Oh, I mean sparks of fire just coming from the back of the van. And I and I look and I saw my tire literally rolling down the road. And there was a and there was an 18-wheeler that was right behind us. Now fortunately, uh, it was one o'clock in the morning, so there wasn't a significant amount of traffic. Matter of fact, it wasn't too much too much traffic at all. But uh, so anyway, so I, I I got my wife settled down because she was about to just jump out of her skin. I mean, she had totally lost control. <laughs> so I, I, I you know I just have to tell you, baby, you all. So I had to help her, and I said, baby, calm down. And I, I, said, I grabbed the wheel. I said, relax, relax. And I said, you know, and we're driving the car three wheels. And now we have our conversion van has turned into a three wheeler. So I said, baby, let's just drive it over to the side of the road. And uh, we drove the thing over, and we got it parked on the side of the road. Uh, the guy who was driving the big 18-wheeler, he had kind of stopped, and he pulled over to the side. He came running back to us because he didn't know what happened. And he was like, is everybody okay? And I said, everybody shook up, but we are fine. So long story short, we ended up calling police and got the police out there. And, you know, we had to get a, get a ride. We figured it was late. We had to get a hotel room. And, and so we have briefly kind of entertained the idea of maybe we ought to just go back home. After all, this was not part of a journey, right? Who sets out on a journey and, you know, you, you're going to plan for your tires coming off? Come on, somebody. Uh, it, it just doesn't happen. And what we had discovered was that, that the, the mechanic the next day told us, he said, what happened was your lug nuts on all your tires. They put four brand new tires on my car, but they didn't tighten the lug nuts on none of them. So how we got, I'm going to tell you, how, how many know, and they prayed over us before we left, but how many know that God's grace is always with us? I'm telling you right now, there was the, God's grace, and the guy, he couldn't understand why the tires didn't come off a lot sooner. And But we knew why they didn't come off a lot sooner, because we knew God was with us. So we, so our journey now was challenged. So we had to go and we had to figure out, you know, call the insurance, figure out what we're going to do. As far as we know, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. We're talking about going back home. So we made a decision. He said, you know what? I said, baby, we're going to make this thing work. I said, I know this is a, everybody say setback. Yeah. Uh, this is a setback, baby. But you know what? This is our vacation, and we're going to make it happen. So we end up getting a little minivan. Now, it, it, how many have ever owned a conversion van? Now, conversion van is significantly larger, a lot more room. So we, so, so now we're in this little compacted minivan. So we go from a conversion van to a minivan. And so we pack everything in there, man, and we just said the next day that we had lost a little time, but we went on the floor. But let me tell you something, church. We had an amazing time, did, did we not? We had a great time. Yes, I mean, there was some set, there was a major setback. But let me tell you something, because we made a decision, you know what? You know what? This wasn't, we didn't plan for this. We didn't see this coming, but you know what? We're going to keep on going. And as a, as, as a result of us doing that, we ended up having a great time and a great vacation. And the folks that messed up my wheel, my, my tires, and who didn't, they ended up paying for all of our vacation in full. We gave them a dollar amount. And we said, this is how much it cost us. And I kicked in a little pain and stuff. <laughs> and, and, they, and they took care of it. All I'm trying to say is, church, is, is this. See, in life, we're going to have those moments where, where we're going to have some setbacks, right? 
Some things are going to come to your life that you didn't necessarily plan for. But how many know that God has already baked some things in the cake? Amen. And, and, and one of the reasons why that we don't, we, don't, we don't grapple with it sometimes or we struggle with that it is because I believe that somewhere in our, in our, in our psyche, you know, we just, we just get just locked down into this way of thinking that things are going to be this way. And, and what I realized in that particular moment, in that particular time, God taught me something. God taught me that no matter what trials in life you're, you're, you're faced with, if, if, you, if you look, if you keep the faith, you will see his hand all over your life. And, and, and I'm going to tell you something, church. We saw God's grace. Right. We saw God's favor all the way through that whole thing. I mean, and, and you know what? And, and it was as if, now I know this is strange. Some of y'all think I'm crazy. But it was as if I was glad I went through it. Why? Because I saw a new dimension of God that I had not seen. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? That's right. And so, so I needed somebody. Look at the David say, I need that. I need See, that. there's some things you need to go through, but you must understand that setbacks, don't, for, for the Christian, let me know that a setback oftentimes is just a setup. I really believe that. See, yeah. we got to push through. A setback don't mean that a journey has to end or it has to stop. It just means that, hey, there's a challenge. You got to keep going. Some of you, as I, I look at some of you right now, some of you have had some setbacks in your life. I remember the Hubbard family, they're dealing with, uh, you know, the husband and father who had a stroke and, and nobody nobody saw that coming, right? Um, you know, um, I, you know, my brother, he's been, the devil been trying to attack his family. You see, it's the devil just comes out of nowhere and he, you know, and, and he just tries to, and, 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 you know, because what the devil will want us to do is to quit. But I mean, know that if you understand that in a journey, in a journey of life, you're going to have those moments and those are not the time to quit. It is the time to persevere. Everybody say persevere. persevere. Now I'm going to give you a couple of verses to drive home this point. Because I want you to understand this. If you don't hear nothing else, I want you to get this. That a, set, a setback is as much a part of the journey than the journey itself. Amen. Did you hear that? Mm -hmm. A setback is as much part of the journey than the journey itself. It's all, it's all a matter of perspective when you're going through it. How you look at it. How, how do you see it? You know, how many know that, 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 that um, the, the, the Christianity... Um, let me say. Let me say it this way: that the, the scripture says, "The kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violence take it by force." You know, it's another word. It's saying that the, the, the Christian is strong. Come on, he ought to be. He or she ought to be strong. She's not a quitter. We, he's not a quitter. We just keep on fighting the good fight of faith. I mean, know that that the reason it's a fight is because it's a fight. You're right. going to face some opposition. Right. You're going to face some challenges. Right. That's why I call a fight. You got to fight to keep your faith. Come on, church. Right. 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 You got to fight to keep your family. It's a fight. But we've already won. Jesus said we've overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We're overcomers. We just got to walk in our victory. But listen, not only when it's going good, but also when we're being challenged. That's good. James chapter 1, verses 2 to verse 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy. Amen. <laughs> oh, my God. When you fall into various trials. Now, that's a whole different one. A whole bunch of a variety of tests. Or, or, or can I say it this way? And I think I wouldn't be butchering the scripture if I said it this way. My brother, count it all joy when you fall into various setbacks. <laughs> tests. Trials. Why? Why? Why not? Why, why, should I, why should I count it all joy? 
Why should I count this joy? I don't like this. He didn't say it was going to be joyful. He said, count it up as joy. When you add it up, add it up as joy. Watch this. Now, why should I be joyful, first lady? Through trials. Watch what he says now. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let it have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete and lacking nothing. See, the most glorious aspect of, of, of walking with God is that there, I, I say this a lot. Uh, some, of you, some of you have been with, been with me for a minute. But I always say that there are no wasted moments in God when you're walking by faith. Because the Bible says that the steps of a good man are what? Order, directed by God. Now, the steps of a good man are ordered, directed by God. Not just when it's right, but also when it's tough. How many know the Bible says Jesus was led in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil? Right, right. A lot of people, the Bible says Jesus was led. He was led. He was led into a, a trial. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? But God uses the trials to perfect us. That's right. That, that, when we're going, how many know that we're on a journey? All of us are on a journey. God is taking us someplace. As a people, as a church, as families, God is leading us. He's taking us someplace. It is important that you hold the line, or in other words, hold your faith even when you're being tested by fire. That's right. The Bible says, that's why Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12. He says, Beloved, do not think it strange. Come on. Don't think it's strange. In other words, don't trip out. How many of you know when something happened to you? I can't believe this happened. And then, man. If you've been tithing, man, and you've been walking with God, and you've been serving, you've been giving, and you've been good, you've been doing all these things, and all of a sudden, bam, a trial hits you, a test. And it's like, why me? Why? How many have ever, I mean, come on, have ever asked that question? Sometimes life will hit you like that woman. And you start to think, and if you're not, if you, if you're not careful, you'll start to think you did something wrong. Well, maybe, maybe God don't love me no more. Maybe, or maybe this, here's the big one. God just mad at me. <laughs> How many know the Bible says God loves you with an everlasting love? Right. That's right. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. If I was a sinner, he was chasing after me. How much more now that I'm his will he love me? Are y'all here? What can separate me from the love of God? Not one thing. So he says, don't think it's strange. In other words, don't trip. Don't be like, oh, I can't believe. Just, just, he said, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery test. The trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Peter is communicating this because he wants the church, he wants the people of God to understand that it rains on the just and on the unjust. But the difference is we have the we have the authority and the power of God who is with us through everything. And how many know if God be for us? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? He said, "Don't think it's strange." In other words, don't let it don't let it hit you to the point where you think, "Man, man, I guess I'm done." How many know that nothing is over that God says is over? Amen. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I've come to find that out. You know, you keep keep all that, that talking. You see, I, I've come to find out that that we have changes and we have setbacks. But let me tell you something. I am convinced, as a convinced now as I ever was, that God is still in control of my life. Is anybody here? Is anybody hearing me this morning? Right, right. Are you are you here? Are, do you believe that God still got you back? That's right. 
through all your trials, through all your changes, through all the tests, how many know that if you're in faith, God still got you? That's good. That's right. Don't let the devil tell you nothing else. The Bible says in Psalm 24, 16, watch this, first lady, for the righteous man falls seven times. And rise again. Are y'all here? Y'all get this now. So, so here's what the writer is truly saying. The writer is saying then that, that, that we are going to, listen, we're going to have some moments of setbacks. But what that ain't mean we're done. That's right. I mean, what I mean, you know, I, 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 was to be, I used to be in the boxing. I'm not in the boxing like I used to. But my dad kind of sucked me into it because my dad was a big Muhammad Ali fan. Anybody remember Muhammad Ali? Some of the young kids don't remember. Muhammad Ali was bad back in the day. I mean, man, he was just, he was fantastic to watch. But man, and I just remember him one time, he said something, he got beat by uh, Leon Spinks. Anybody, nobody remember that, Leon Spinks. Uh, so Leon Spinks beat him. And Leon Spinks was like, you know, Mike Tyson lost against Buster Douglas. It's the same kind of thing. Leon Spinks, who was it? Leon Spinks, he beat Muhammad Ali. And I remember Muhammad Ali saying something I'll never forget. He said, just because you lose, you have a setback, that don't mean you quit. He said, no, you keep going. You know, he said that's just a, that's just a, he said that's just a cue for me to keep on going. Well, you know, if you know the story about Muhammad Ali, he fought Leon Spinks again and he won the title. Y'all hear what I'm saying? The righteous fall seven times and they get right back up. That's right. So there's an expectation. Get it that you're going to have setbacks. Get into your DNA. Get into your spirit. Right. You're going to have those moments. But the setback is not meant to destroy you, but to make you. I, I, listen, I like that. They're, they're, they're meant to propel you. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? He says here, the righteous fall seven times. They get back up. In other words, they don't stay down. They just keep going. There's no quitting. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 9, don't let us grow weary while we're doing good. If you know you're doing the right thing. If you know you're doing what's right, if you know that you're doing what God would have you to do, listen, keep at it. That's good. Well, Pastor, why do I need to keep up? Because somewhere I read, watch this, Sister Jean. It says right here that we will reap in due season if we don't what? Faint not. There it is. In due, everybody say due season. Due season. God has attached a season of victory in your life. Y'all get that. In due season. So the idea is, he said, he's telling you right there, you're going to have some setbacks, you're going to have some trials, but if you keep the faith, everybody say keep the faith. Keep the if faith. you keep believing, if you keep your eyes on Jesus, come on church, he said, in due season, at the right time, how do you know there's no better time than to be on God's time? Come on, come on. There's no better time to be in sync with God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Because how many know that's that's where you want to be? Because the Bible says in Hebrews, watch this. I love this verse, Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, watch this. Since we have been surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, a lot of folks who went ahead of us who experienced setbacks, challenges, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us. Watch this. And let us run with endurance mm. the race that is set before us. Let us run. Now watch with endurance. In other words, how many know this church? It's not about how fast. It's, it's about running your race that God has set for you. That's right. It's about you enduring what you got to do. It's about you, your faith with God. You run this thing with endurance. Why? And watch this. As we're running, here's the thing. He says, looking unto who? Jesus. Uh, that, that's the key right there. See, see, yeah. the key is that no matter what I'm going through, Ross's yes. church, that's right. that I just keep looking. Amen. 
Yeah, I mean, stuff is falling down around me, you know. I got wind coming this way. I got a punch coming that way, man. The devil's swinging behind. I got stuff. But no matter what, I, I keep my eyes. Right? See, this is the victory right here. Our faith. He said, looking unto Jesus. Now, don't miss this now. Watch this. <clears throat> Why are you telling you to look unto Jesus? Watch this. Because it says here, he's the author and the finisher of my faith. So what? So the reason why I go, I'm going to keep looking at the Jesus. Why? Because, because he's the one, he's telling me he's the one who's in control. That's right. He's telling me I got the, listen, God already had pre-programmed some things in our life. And I will say this, church, that if we keep the faith, victory is ours. That's right. See, he says to keep looking under Jesus. See, the problem is, that a lot of times, as we're going through it, we take our eyes off Jesus. And how many know whenever you take your eyes off Jesus, that's when we get in trouble. See, that's when you start. See, usually when you take your eyes off Jesus, you, you focus on fear. Mm -hmm. And then when you start focusing on fear, you start making decisions out of fear. Mm -hmm. And then when you start making decisions out of fear, you start making some dumb decisions. Mm -hmm. And then everything, then you actually you make things a whole lot worse because how many know that perfect love casts out what? Fear. fear. Every time Jesus, the angel, showed up or whatever, and God will always manifest himself to the, the people of God, the first thing he says, is, fear not. How many know God has not given us the spirit of what? Yeah. Come on, church. He's not given us the spirit of fear, but love, power, and a what? There it is. See? See, you got that, that song we sang this morning. You got to let that thing ring in your spirit. Victory is mine. But don't just say it. When things are going good, I want you to get into the heaven. Boy, when the devil attacks you in your life and the walls start craving him on you, you start saying, victory is mine. You keep your eyes on Jesus the whole time. It's amazing how your faith will soar and how you see the hand of God. And God will begin to turn the tide. Why? Because God is moved by faith. When God's people start believing him, when God's people keep trusting him, like that woman that had that issue of blood. Come on, church. But when yeah. she pressed through the crowd, Amen. said, no matter what, I ain't going to just stay here and bleed out. Oh, no, I'm going to get mine. If I got to knock some people over. I know sometimes you got to knock some folks out of your wife. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that you just sat with that for a minute. Sometimes you got to do, I mean, no, when you're in survival mode, you got to do what you got to do by faith. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. I can't go down. I got to keep believing. No matter what, I'm not throwing the towel in. I believe. Look at me. I believe. I believe. Brings us here to David. David's a perfect example. I love King David. You've heard me say that so many times. King David was, was anointed by Samuel to be the next king of Israel because Saul had lost his mind, basically. He was rebellious and he didn't listen to God. God says, I found me a man after my own heart. So God sought out a man and it was one of Jesse's boys and he was the youngest and his name was David, King David. Samuel comes to him and anoints him to be the king. So I want you to understand that. So David knew from this moment that Samuel came, poured the oil on his head, that he was anointed to be the next king of Israel. In other words, David knew he had a call. Is anybody here going to say this word? He, he knew he had a call on his life. And from that moment of his anointing, oh Lord, from that moment of his anointing, that's when the enemy tries to sabotage him. Saul now is ticked off. David had done nothing 
Brother Walter did Saul. Not did one thing to Saul. Saul just looking at him. Jealousy wells up in his heart. Because Saul saw the anointing of God on the how many know sometimes how many know you don't even understand why some things happen to you? You don't understand why some people don't treat you right. Sometimes it's because they see. God shows them some way they, the enemy sees the anointing of God on your life and they don't like you. Mm. Stop trying to make people like you. Just, just work on pleasing God. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? That's good. So David, the Lord, so Saul jealous, mad, and Saul is upset because Saul knows intuitively God had revealed it to him. Saul, your days are up. I got a new man. I got a new king. And Saul knew, man, this David kid, this is going, I'm going to take him. And he saw, and then, you know, and, you know, and when, when David went and killed that giant, y'all remember that? Mm -hmm. And all the all the ladies in the street side saying, mm -hmm. uh, what, uh, Saul killed his thousands, David but, but David killed his ten thousands. Yeah. And boy, whoa, wait a minute. Oh, boy, that ticked them off right there. Hold up, wait a minute. I can't have this happening. David was destined. David killed a giant because he had, God had anointed him. And so he's, but between David's, his calling and his journey, his, his, his destination, there will be a whole lot of obstacles. And, and David encounters one of those obstacles, uh, uh, what I would call a major setback in life. God had been giving David favor. He gave him men to follow him. God had been providing for David. Saul, even though he had a massive army, he could not locate David. God wouldn't allow it to happen. David was blessed. David was favored. All along the way, God is with David. And all of a sudden, David comes back from a pending war because they wouldn't let David fight. Because this was an enemy and David was supposed to fight with the enemy and all this. That's a whole other story. So David comes like they send him back to this little parcel of land, this little town they call Ziglag that they gave David. There David had all his family, his the kids, the wives, everybody. All his property was there at Ziglag. David was sent back. He comes to Ziglag, comes back to Ziglag, and guess what? He returned and discovered that his family, his property, Everything that he knew was gone. Mm -hmm. Now, this wasn't this wasn't first lady. This wasn't a little situation like my buddy left me. <laughs> he ain't talking to me no more. All right. It wasn't a little situation that you know I got a few men who will follow me. This is hey, I'm a pastor and I got a few people following me. I got three or four who just kind of no. This was much bigger than that. He had lost everything in his mind. Everything was gone. Imagine coming home. Going to work and coming home to an empty house. All the furniture is gone. The person you love, the children, everyone, they're not there. They're gone. And watch this. They didn't even leave a note. How many of you know I would call that a major setback? <laughs> David is in this situation. He doesn't know. None, and not only that, David got a whole lot of other men with him who have family, children, and wives, and they come back, and everything is gone, and the city was burned up. Mm. A logical step was thinking, man, they're probably gone, dead, whatever the case might be. In fact, I mean, it's logical, right? The enemy came and raided the place. So David and his men, the Bible says that David and his men cried so much 
that they didn't have any more power to weep. How many know that's when you're in deep depression? Anybody ever been there? You cried so much you were too tired to cry. You couldn't do it anymore. He cried so much that he didn't have any more power to cry anymore. And, and, and not only that, I mean, he was in deep grief. I mean, he lost everything. I mean, you know, I'm supposed to be the anointed of God. And God, God, this wasn't, what is this? I didn't realize this was not part of the plan. But not only, church, was David hurt. Because he had to deal with the common grief that everybody else had, that everything had been taken away. But he also had to deal with the fact that the men who were with him, they were whispering and talking about killing him. Watch now. So David got to deal with his, his grief is double. So now I got to deal with the fact that I lost my family. I lost my, I, I got nothing. Now the men who was my support, now guess what? Not only uh, they don't want to follow me no more, how many know if they're talking about killing you, if, that, if that's that discussion, how many know they're probably about done with you? <laughs> they're having a discussion about killing you. David, they talked about, let's, they were having a conversation about stoning him. Now, at that moment, someone who looked at that situation and said, you know, I understand why the brother makes this. That might be a good time to just, just bow, bow out. After all, God, you know, hey, you know, I... You know, I didn't expect all this. I mean, I'm, I'm hurting. I lost my family. You know, I'm losing my men. They're talking about killing me. It's over. I may as well just turn around and just quit. Go turn myself into Saul. Come on, church. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Go pack it in and turn it in. Turn myself into Saul because, man, this is this is horrible. He was, this was a setback. It could have caused him to give up. David men had given up. We know that. We know his men had given up. They were saying, we're, we're done. They talked about stoning David. They were done. But the Bible says, I like this. But the Bible says, in, 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 um, in verse number, where it is? Amen. I can't find it because it's halfway dark in here. But I'm going to find it. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. That's what I want to get to. Then David said to Abathar, let's see, let me go back. There it is, verse number six. Now David was greatly distressed. <laughs> For the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of all the people of greed. And every man his son, his daughters. And David, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David took a different approach. Instead of sitting there saying that it's over, just wallowing in self-pity, how many know that it's okay to get your cry out? I remember Bishop Gates said this. Bishop Gates said this. Remember, he came and preached. He said, go ahead, get your cry out. <laughs> he said, but after you've, done, after you've done what you're crying, let's time to roll. Let's get up. Let's get time to go. I can't stay here. Look at the neighbor say, I can't stay here. Can't stay here. I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't stay. I can't stay here. <laughs> See, the setback puts David, watch this, toward the Lord and not away from him. That's good. Y'all getting that? Mm -hmm. See, the setback caused David to run to God. Not the opposite. See, the men, they were out of faith. They didn't believe. They, they already thought, man, this thing is over. And the Bible says that David got on his face. Watch it. And he said, he got to apathetic the priest. He said, look here, do me a favor. Go and bring, to, bring the ephod to me. And he brought the ephod. See, this is David's prayer prayer stuff. 
See, how many know that David now is about to go into prayer? He's about to seek the Lord now. Spiritual warfare. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, he said in verse number 8, he said, watch this. You know, David was a fighter. And David was a fighting machine. David was one of those men, boy, you don't mess with David. You, you, you know folks like that, man, just don't mess you. Know. David was one of those. He was a warrior. Everybody knew it. And, and David inquired, he's a, because David was thinking, man, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they're dead or alive. I don't know. But you know what? I'm going to get the people to do this to me. But, but what he did though, first brother Walter, he says, he said, look, watch it. He said, Lord, should I go? <laughs> he, he said, hold it. You know, because in his flesh, come on, in my flesh, I don't know if I would have had the faith to do that. I'm just saying, I would have been like, I'm going where the Lord said go. I'm, I mean, they took my family. I'm going to find out who did this. Come on, brother. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm going to find out who took my family. Who, who did this to me? But David, he kept it. You might talk about the importance of keeping your eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. David said, look, while everybody else was, was wallowing and talking about killing David, David said, look, and he says, he says, uh, uh, Lord, shall I, shall, I, shall I pursue? And wouldn't you know it? God gave him a prophetic word. Look at you in verse number eight. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this truth? Shall I overtake him? God, I don't know what I pursue him, but God, will I win? <laughs> will I win, God? God, oh, come on. Will, will I, will, God, God, will I win this thing? Because I don't know what God, I want to, because I got to come on top. I need you with me, God. God said, did it. He answered him and said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them. Yeah. And watch this. And without fail, Amen. recover all. Amen. That's good. Oh, good yeah. God. Oh, do you hear it, church? He said, you're gonna, he's a, you're gonna overtake but not on that. You're gonna so God gave him a word. Your family, brother, is still alive. Now, now watch. Now, what if he just what got in this setback situation and lost his faith and decided? Because his family was his family wasn't killed. Which brings makes brings me up to another point. Now, oftentimes, setbacks are not what they appear to be. That's good. That's good. Oh, y'all y'all get that. Mm -hmm. See, to them, it appeared like everything was gone. More like the family's probably dead. And this is what the enemy does to all of us, doesn't it? This is why I said, I said this in another sermon. I don't know which one I preached so many of them. But I, I said that, you know, we all get, we, see, one of the things I've learned is that uh, the enemy, Satan is a liar. Mm -hmm. So Satan will whisper things to you. They did this to you. They did that. They're going to do this. They're doing this. They, they don't like you. They're, you know how you know what I'm saying how the enemy plays with our head, you know? They, they, they're not against it. They don't like you. Not, did you ever ask them if they like you or not? Next time you feel like somebody don't like you, can you just go ask? You might be shocked. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So the enemy always want to give you this thing that this would but 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 how many know that if you're a wise Christian, you'll get the facts? Let me let me go find out before I just jump to conclusions. That's right. How many know a lot of people got in trouble by jumping to what? Conclusions. They just jumped Well, you know. And, and, and David, David, he's in this situation. And, and, and to, to the, the naked eye, it looks like it's over. It looks like. But it really wasn't. Because how many know? Go, go to look at verse number 18. I'm going to show you verse number 18. Verse number 18. We're going to close this thing. The Bible says here. In verse number 18, that same first Samuel chapter 30. I love this. Look at it. How many know a setback is just a test of our faith? That's right. Y'all hear me, church? It's just a test. It's a test. You know, and, and just because, don't, 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 listen, stick with the facts. Don't let the enemy whisper nothing to you because he's a liar. 
In verse number 18. So David, watch this, recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his wives. And nothing of his, watch this, everybody say nothing. Nothing, nothing of theirs was lacking, either small or great, sons or daughter, spoils or anything which they had taken from them. David recovered some. <laughs> he recovered a little bit. David didn't lose a thing. So the setback was a test of his faith. Y'all hearing that church? The whole thing was a test. How many know that his faith probably grew leaps and bounds right there? But that's just that book. Because boy, because how many know God allowed how many know God allowed that to happen? That's right. That's right. Y'all hear what I'm saying? There are some things that God allowed you to go through. He allowed you because he got to build faith in you. He got to build. So he let you go through that. Why I got to go through that? God says, just chill out. Trust me. I, I need you to go. David, God could have shut the Amalekites down and said, God could have put up a barrier and said, don't even come here here. I'll kill all of you. But God let them come in and rape them. And God didn't tell them a thing. He let them sit there and weep and cry. And, 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 and But see, this was David because David was anointed king. And God was, and God was, God was teaching David something even in that moment. And David sought the Lord. And David, and, and if you go back and study the scriptures, you see that David had this crazy habit that he always kept talking to God about every single thing. He had a moment when he blew it with Bathsheba. But outside of that, every time he turned, David just kept talking to the Lord. He would ask God, God, what should I do? This setback church was a setup. You may be, you may say, well, I got it. This is, man, this is not, not a good thing. Listen, let me tell you something. God is still in control. And y'all hear me, church? Amen. God is still running the show. Amen. Listen, just because your circumstances change don't mean a thing. I y'all hear what I'm saying, church? We just need to keep your eyes on Jesus and keep fighting the good fight of faith. Here's a verse I want to leave you with. Psalm 27, 13, verses, uh, verse 13 to verse 14. Psalmist says this. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he'll strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. The psalmist said this. I would have quit. I mean, I can think about times in my own life, man. I would have said, yeah. But something kept saying, if you stay in there, you're going to see God's goodness. <laughs> you go, there's something said, he said, I would have given up, but, but I kept hope alive. And, and I knew that at some point, at some time, at some place, that I will see the manifest goodness of the Lord. So I stayed in it. So I kept fighting. So I kept the good fight of faith. Why? Because I believed. There's any believers in the house this morning? Amen. Come on, give God a hand. Come on, praise. You receive their word this morning. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed in Jesus' name.